Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue our investigation of Jesus' favorite and famous topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. We've been pointing out that the Kingdom is the central theme of everything that Jesus taught. In the Great Commission which Jesus gave to the Church, as the Church's marching orders for the work that the Church was to perform in the name of Jesus until the end of the age when Christ comes back. In that great commission in Matthew 28, Jesus spoke in verse 20 of all that I have commanded you. It is not difficult to see that Jesus' intention when he gave these marching orders to the church was to ensure that the disciples would pass on to their converts everything that Jesus had taught them. All that I have commanded you. Matthew 28 verse 20. It was to be by the disciples' proclamation of Jesus' teaching that Christ would be made known. If we're to speak about preaching Christ, we must remember always that that means preaching everything that Jesus taught. Preaching Christ in the absence of a clear exposition of Jesus' teaching is not preaching Christ at all. It's to put a veil over the historical Christ. The obvious intent of the Great Commission was that Jesus' own teachings were to be offered to every generation from the time of Jesus onward until he comes back in power and glory to establish his kingdom of God on the earth. It's a puzzling thing, but many Christians seem to be concerned only with the death of Jesus for their sins and his resurrection. It's almost as though they think that Jesus never taught anything. But you know, he labored for three and a half years, And at the end of that teaching period in which he had presented the gospel of the kingdom, the saving gospel to the people, in which he had passed on that gospel to his disciples and apostles, at the end of that period he then mandated the very same teaching to be passed on through the apostles to subsequent generations. That's why he said, Go into all the world and teach them all that I commanded you and baptize them as disciples, teach them everything that I commanded you, and I will be with you in these circumstances until the very end of the age. I notice that Jesus' promise to be present with the church is contingent on their faithfulness to his teaching. It's only when Christians faithfully carry out the teaching ministry prescribed by Jesus here that they have a guarantee of his presence with them. Should they for some reason or other ignore his teachings, misunderstand his teachings, then there's no guarantee at all that Jesus would be with them. After all, he will not confirm teachings which are not his. He will not confirm a half-gospel or a gospel which has been distorted. Jesus will not confirm a gospel from which essential elements have been subtracted, and he will not confirm a gospel to which things have been added. He will only confirm a faithful relaying of all that he commanded the disciples. Those are the conditions of the Great Commission. And so nothing could be more important for preachers and teachers of the Bible to ensure that they are indeed relaying the very same gospel that proceeded from the lips of Jesus. Now we've been pointing out that that gospel is clearly defined for us at the opening of the ministry of Jesus in the accounts given by Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, 
we read that after John the Baptist had been put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee heralding God's gospel, God's saving message, that is. And Jesus then defined it as follows. He says, The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in that gospel. The gospel, that is, about the kingdom of God. And so Jesus' first command, the summary of everything that he taught us, is given us in this initial order from the Messiah himself that we are to repent, that's to say, reorientate our life, our thinking, turn our whole lives round in a new direction, seek for a new horizon, and note this carefully, to believe in the gospel about the kingdom of God. That is Jesus' basic thesis statement. It's the proposition he offers to us for belief. He didn't initially say, believe that I am going to die for you, uh, believe that I am going to be resurrected from the dead. That came later, certainly. But initially, and as a foundation of his saving gospel message, he says, believe in the good news, God's good news, in fact, his Father's good news concerning the kingdom of God. Now, when Matthew summarized the inauguration of Jesus' ministry, he pointed out that John the Baptist introduced Jesus by proclaiming the very same message about the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. Now, I want to underline at this point the fact that there is absolutely no difference between those two phrases, kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. They are alternative ways of describing the content of the message which Jesus brought to the public. It is fearfully complicated and confusing to suggest a difference in meaning between kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. If you'll examine the parallel passages in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you'll find that whereas Matthew tends to use the expression kingdom of heaven, in the very same sayings recorded by Mark and Luke, we find the expression kingdom of God. So there's no difference at all. Kingdom of heaven simply means the kingdom which is coming from heaven. It's a kingdom having a divine origin. In Luke chapter 4, verse 43, Jesus gave us an important key to the understanding of his whole mission and message, indeed, to the understanding of the Christian faith itself. In Luke 4, verse 43, Jesus said, I am bound by God's decree to proclaim the gospel about the kingdom of God to the other cities also. That's the reason why God commissioned me. You see, Jesus realized that the motive behind his work was the driving force provided by God, and it had to do with this preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. The preaching of the gospel of the kingdom, we might say, is Jesus' magnificent obsession. It was the driving force in his life to proclaim far and wide the good news or gospel about the coming kingdom of God. Now, what would the term kingdom of God have meant to the audiences addressed by Jesus at the inauguration of his ministry? There really can be no doubt about that. The kingdom of God was a well-known phrase in the minds of Jews contemporary with Jesus. All the prophets of Israel had looked forward to a time when the day of the Lord would come. That's to say, God would intervene and change the fate of the world forever, change the organization of the world forever, replace present human governments with a government organized and supervised by his own son, the Messiah of Israel. The psalmist sang about this coming kingdom. The prophets spoke of it constantly. The day of the Lord was the great day coming, the great national hope of Israel, and it was an expectation well understood by the people who heard Jesus when he began to preach about the kingdom of God in Galilee. 
And so the kingdom of God is not just a thought in your heart, it's not just a nice feeling or even an association of human beings agreeing on certain agendas. No, it's a great political event destined to rock this world and to change forever the structures of human society. The kingdom of God is the great event coming, as important indeed as the flood announced by Noah. In those days when wickedness was prevailing over the earth to such a degree that God had finally to intervene to destroy the wicked and to allow only the righteous, Noah and his family, to survive into the new era after the flood. I'm sure you remember that Jesus spoke of the future coming of the kingdom of God, the arrival of the Son of Man in glory. In Matthew 24 and verse 30 he said, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will then send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect, that's to say the faithful of all the ages, his elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. Jesus then said this, Learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. Even so, you too. He said to the apostles and all those subsequent generations until the second coming, Recognize that he is near, right at the door. Jesus then added that heaven and earth would pass away, that's to say, be transformed by this great event of the future coming of Christ, but my words, he said, shall never pass away. Of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man, Jesus went on to say, will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, they were marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. At that time there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one left. There will be two women grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, said Jesus, as he summarized this message about the coming kingdom, therefore be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would have not allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, Jesus said, You also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will come. Who then is the faithful and sensible slave, whom his master put in charge of his household, to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that evil servant says in his heart, My master is not coming for a long time, and shall begin to beat the fellow slaves and eat and drink with drunkards, then the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour which he does not know, and he will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. End of quotation from Matthew chapter 24. 
verse 30 to the end of that chapter. Now, you may have noticed that in the parallel passage uh, describing the same events of the end of the age in Luke's version, in Luke 21, verse 25 onwards, we read the following, There will be a sign in the moon and stars and in the sun, and upon the earth dismay among nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when you see these things beginning to take place, straighten up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And in verse 31 he went on to say, When you see all of these cataclysmic events happening, know that the kingdom of God is about to come. It really would be most misleading to think that the kingdom of God is the same as the church there. The kingdom in that passage is clearly associated with the great event to be expected at the second coming. The kingdom of God is to be expected when Jesus comes back to establish it on the earth. The church, of course, has been in existence since the first century. I've written a book on the kingdom of God and the gospel about the kingdom. We would invite you to request your free copy from us by using the telephone number to be given at the end of this program. It is our firm conviction that a study of the kingdom of God can be one of the most illuminating exercises for Bible students. Join us again as we continue our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.